Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology today. I'm so grateful you're here with us, and I'm thankful to be your host. We're going to be looking at Pharaoh Shishak, also Shoshank I, Megiddo Stile. And as you study archaeology, you come to the conclusion that Shoshank I was quite the Pharaoh. He's very famous in history. Of course, we know him as Shishak in the Bible, who came after the death of Solomon and kind of pillaged Jerusalem under Rehoboam. Now, as part of this, too, we're using as a base textbook Unearthing the Bible by Titus Kennedy, 101 Archaeological Discoveries that Bring the Bible to Life, Harvest House, excellent book, recommended highly to everybody. And he's got a little, like a precursor to Kings and Chronicles in this portion of the book. So I want to read that, and then we'll jump into uh, Shishak. So I do want to say thank you for so much for being with us. If this is your first time or long-time listener, we're just appreciative for you all. So God bless you. The prevailing view about the accounts of the divided kingdoms of Israel and Judah in the Bible are these books were propaganda written by the official scribes of the kingdom of Judah to give people a history, legitimize their government, and promote the worship of Yahweh according to the views of the priestly class who had allegedly invented this new religion and posed it on the form of the polytheistic Israelites. Now, when I was studying for Ph.D. in biblical archaeology, I was presented with this view. It's And they go into specifics where it's a few clans in Greece in the 300s B.C., on and on and so forth, but there's many variations of it. However, the archaeological sources from the period are so vast and coincide so well with biblical narratives that it's an untenable position to claim that books such as Kings and Chronicles are propaganda and pseudo-history. The artifact discoveries alone indicate a degree of historical attestation and paralleled for national texts of that era. So what's happened is archaeology just makes that view untenable. It's a theory, and so people try to fit things within the matrix, but it just doesn't fit. Because then you're just uh, confronted with dozens of archaeological discoveries that then you have to try to reinterpret each one to fit some theory, when the theory is just cut out of whole cloth. There's no evidence for that. It's just a theory. The split of the... Now, theory doesn't always mean there's no evidence, but in this particular case, it, it kind of does. The split of the United Monarchy into the separate kingdoms of Israel and Judah occurred about 931 B.C., when Jeroboam, the former general, rebelled against Rehoboam, who was the son of Solomon and heir to the throne. The northern tribes followed Jeroboam, who established his royal residence at Shechem, while the tribes of Judah and Benjamin continued under the rule of Rehoboam with the capital at Jerusalem. And so, I mean, like they found the palace at Samaria of the northern kingdom, the palace of Solomon and the temple in the southern kingdom, uh, kings, um, the reliefs of kings, coinage of kings, seals of kings, on and on and so forth. I said coinage. Let's go back and say seals of kings. I'm trying to think. I'm not positive there's coins of kings during that time period. There might have been. During the divided kingdom period, the north was heavily influenced by foreign nations and adopted many pagan deities and practices, and that's seen in archaeology. And eventually the kingdom of Israel was destroyed and dispersed by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. The kingdom of Judah also struggled with polytheism and pagan practices, but many of the kings and leaders followed God and observed the laws of Moses. As the Assyrian Empire expanded, Judah was also attacked in 710 BC, 701 BC by Sennacherib, but Jerusalem did not fall. Even 
you know, like Pool, Esarhaddon, uh, Sargon, Sennacherib, they're all found in archaeology. And of course, the Persians and the Babylonians, however, and even Mesha, Baalis. However, foreign powers continue to exert influence as the Egyptians under Pharaoh Necho II controlled Judah briefly, appointing Jehoiakim as king. Soon after, in 605 BC, the Babylonians subdued Judah as a vassal kingdom, then finally destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in 587 BC after a rebellion ending the period of the monarchy. And some say 586 BC, some say 588 BC. 586 is actually kind of the accepted date. The artifacts from the divided kingdom section, I will say this, with the process going on in the siege, it, all those dates may have some source of validity. Uh, so the artifacts of the divided kingdom section, which were found in Israel, Moab, Ammon, Assyria, illustrate the narratives of the books of Kings, Chronicles, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the minor prophets while also demonstrating the historical accuracy of the text through external archaeological evidence. So let's dive in to Shishak specifically. This is discovered in Megiddo, Israel, which is the source of a lot of archaeological. That's also Armageddon, is Armageddon famous. And it is, as was it Napoleon who said, the world's greatest natural battlefield. It certainly looks that way. This fragment of a victory stele found at Megiddo contains the cartouche of Pharaoh Shoshink, the first Shishak. The fragment was discovered during excavations and corresponds to a destruction layer from the late 10th century BC. And a cartouche was like their royal beetle, not a VW beetle, a real beetle, uh, looking beetle. According to Egyptian records and a list of cities displayed at the Bubasite portal at the Karnak Temple, which I've done some podcasts on that if you want to check those out, Pharaoh Shoshank campaigned against Israel and Judah in 925 BC. Megiddo is specifically noted, as are several other cities in Israel and Judah, which shows the historical accuracy of the Bible, including Tanek, Bashin, which is phenomenally excavated, Rehob, Arid, and either the king or capital of Judah is also mentioned. Archaeological excavations also found that several cities were destroyed in the 10th century BC at the time of Jeroboam, Rehoboam, and Shoshank I. So why would Shoshank I campaign against Israel and Jeroboam if previously Jeroboam had fled to Egypt and stayed there for years, perhaps even working in the royal court, marrying into it, possibly? Perhaps Shoshank I had made a deal with Jeroboam requiring tribute or vassal status for his aid, but Jeroboam failed to honor this agreement and incurred the wrath of the Pharaoh. Possibly. The vast amount of treasure that Pharaoh Shishak took from Jerusalem, recorded in 1 Kings 14, also appears to coincide with the financial situation of Egypt following the end of the reign of Shoshank I. Once the return to Egypt, Shoshank began significant temple building projects at Thebes, Karnak, and El Haiba. Thebes and Karnak, very... Uh, famous in archaeology. The son and successor of Shoshank, Asorkan I, came to power about two years after the end of the Israel and Judah campaign. Asorkan I spent enormous amounts of gold and silver on the temples of Egypt within the early years of his reign, and the country was extremely prosperous during his time as king. If his father Shoshank I had taken treasure of Jerusalem back to Egypt, this would account for the ability to spend immense amounts of gold and silver on temples and improve the overall financial situation of Egypt. Locations recorded on the Karnak campaign list 
the destroyed cities in Israel and Judah, the victory stele of Shoshink first at Megiddo, and the immense spending and prosperity in the reign of Hasorkin the first demonstrate that Shoshank first campaigned against Israel and Judah at the time of Jeroboam and Rehoboam and indicated an immense wealth was taken back to Egypt after the siege of Jerusalem. So you, you have this victory stele, and then you've got external circumstances showing that's what happened, and it's in accordance with the Scripture. So God bless. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Uh, join us daily. Share with your friends, family, church, family. Maybe make a notebook or a journal of things you find interesting. And we will hopefully see you later. And do share again with friends and family, as I've already mentioned. God bless you. We love you. Bye-bye.